0: Sunday. It's been a tough year, I won't lie to you. With everybody being out and us feeling like we've been here by ourselves. But I do know one thing. God is good. He is a good God. No matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you faced all week, this morning, let's try to take some time and just stand together wherever you are. Let's stand together. And let's let's give God the best praise that you could possibly think of because He deserves the very best from us because He gave us His very best. He didn't hold back, did He? So this morning, let's give Him our very best praise.
1: An amen. Praise group. Praise God. Are we giving him our all, brothers and sisters? Let me take the mask down. Are we giving him our all? Let's give him the highest praise. Can you say hallelujah unto the Lord? He's worthy of our praise. Praise God. Let the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering today. Let's praise God. Amen. One more time. Let's praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. I feel good. I want to praise God today. Hallelujah. We have entered into his presence with wonderful singing and music. Praise the Lord. And John the Elder tells us in 1 John who this wonderful Jesus is and what he's done for us and why we need to lift up his name at every chance we get in praise and honor. He says that that which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, That which we have seen with our eyes, that which we beheld and our hands handled, concerning the word of life. And we have seen and bear witness and declare unto you the life, the eternal life, which was with the Father. That which we have seen and heard, declared we unto you also, that ye also may have fellowship with us, with the disciples yea, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write that our joy may be made full. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you did so that our joy may be full so that we may have life today and that more abundantly. Amen? That's the Lord's promise unto us today. Let us humbly gratefully and faithfully come into his presence today and ask him to hear our petitions, our prayers. He said, you have not because you've asked not. We want to make sure that we ask God all the time, every chance we get, to pray about ceasing. Tell him what you need. Jesus is on the main line. Amen. Let's tell him what we need. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we humble ourselves today and come before you in love and holy submission and reverence. For you are the great I am. You are our mighty Father. And Lord, we just want to tell you today how much we appreciate you being our God. our Father, we love you. We lift up the name of Jesus in every thought and word and deed. Help us, dear God, to be worthy in our life unto you. Let the words of our mouths, let the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh God. And, Lord, we thank you for being our strength. Lord, we need your strength these days. Couldn't make it without you. And thank you, dear God, for our salvation, our promise from you, sealed by the Holy Spirit, that we will spend eternity with you. What a blessed hope to know that one day we will see you, to look in your eyes as Brother Kinnear mentioned last week, the beautiful eyes of Jesus will be able to kneel at your feet and give you honor and to give you glory. Father, we ask that you bless everybody who is here in the sanctuary today, who thought it not robbery to come through those doors, dear God, and humble themselves and bask in your holy presence where there's promised fullness of joy and blessings at your right hand bless those who are at home who are watching through the internet and their phones and any other devices they may have they are here also dear God for you are omnipresent you are everywhere there's nowhere that you're not and you honor that you said I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me wherever they may be thank you dear God for that wonderful promise Lord we ask that you bless our country God bless America We ask, dear Lord, that you keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, bring civility to all mankind. We thank you, dear God, that you're you're hearing the cries of your people, that racial issues are being healed, even right now as we pray and speak. You answer prayer, dear God, and for that we thank you so much. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you just daily and forevermore continue order our steps according to your word Lord your will your good pleasure your time schedule for you have promised you make all things beautiful in your time we're thankful dear God that we're seeing your time right now we give you honor we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen and church would you join me in saying amen praise God you may be seated
2: CTC family, I'm Michelle, and here's this week's news. It's time once again for us to gear up for the Ministry of Operation Christmas Child. Shoe boxes are available in the mall today at the Bear campus, as well as the Elzmer campus. The boxes have instructions inside for how to pack it, as well as a way for you to follow your box to its destination. We will need families who will take a box and pack it for a child in need. We also need volunteers to help during collection week, which begins November 16th. For more information on how to get involved, visit our website or our Facebook page. This fall, we have begun somewhat of a rebranding of our ministry with a new logo and soon-to-be-released new website. We believe that it is important to let our community know that we love our church, so we've created an online apparel store. Just go to our website, and you can find a link to the store where you can shop for and order t-shirts, sweatshirts, and other apparel. All orders are due by November 29th, and your items will arrive before Christmas and can be picked up at the church. As the weeks continue to progress, we are seeing more and more people coming to the building for service. We are really excited to see everyone we haven't seen in a while. With that in mind, we need those of you who have committed to volunteering to consider resuming your place in ministry. Over the coming days, your ministry leader will be in touch with you about scheduling. Please consider when you will be able to join us again. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram.
3: God bless you, and have a great week. Good morning, and it's great to see everybody. Good morning, it's great to see everybody here this morning. Glad you're in the room, glad you're joining us online. And uh, those announcements that we just watched are not just announcements to get information to you. Those are the ways that we grow in our faith those are opportunities that we have. So if you're wondering, well, I wanna, how, how do I grow in my faith? Those are the, some, of the, some of the ways that we do it. And I encourage you to, to uh, if you didn't listen to them, roll the tape back and, and play it again, and get involved that way. Because we're here to, to love God and to love others, to serve God, serve others, using our spiritual gifts and all the things that we're able to do, both here in the church, outside in the church, outside the church, in our communities. That's where the body of Christ is to shine the light of God uh, in our communities. And uh, we like that inside, but we got to go outside to do that. And then we engage one another. We engage others in small groups where we grow, we pray together, we learn together. We engage the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's that's what we do here. And that's that's great. I want to give you an opportunity to, to give as part of your worship, as we worship together, to give to God, to say to God, Lord, I trust you for everything. And I'm going to be generous with this. So we've got ways that you can give. You can give online by going to ctcde.net forward slash give. And you can give online. You can set up uh, regular uh, giving uh, monthly or weekly, uh, whatever you would like to do. And I encourage you to do that. It's an easy way to do it, an easy way to say, hey, God. I am going to trust you and give to you generously and regularly uh, in what I'm doing. If you're here, we've got the envelopes on which we put our uh, prayer requests. encourage you to uh, pray together as we uh, support each other and work together, ask for God's presence to be part of our lives uh, throughout uh, our days and weeks. If you're online, you can submit prayer requests through our Connect card. We hope that you'll do that again at our website, ctcde.net, and look for the Connect card. And fill those out. Place your offering in the envelopes, and there are, there are places baskets by the doors as you leave today, where you can place your offering there. It's part of our worship, and that's what we're here to do, uh, online or in the room. So, let me, if you're here, let me invite you to stand again with us if you are able, and uh, let's continue worshiping God as the team leads us.
0: know, God always finds a way to bless us, doesn't he? Sometimes we don't see the blessing, but all we have to do is look for it because it's there. So if you're looking for a blessing this morning, look for it because it's there.
1: things we can do too much of, but you can't praise God too much. And when you say amen, that means you agree with what was just said, that God is for us. His thoughts towards us are not evil, but they're good They give us an expected end. He says in Jeremiah, isn't that good news? And that just makes me feel good to know that God is with us as long as we're with him. Praise God. I'd like to ask everyone to have a seat at this time. We're going to do things a little bit differently. I don't know if you're aware of it, but today uh, we're celebrating our veterans. Amen. And we'd like to ask the veterans just to stand up wherever they are. They won't be able to see you on the camera, but we can see you. Amen. We thank you for your service. I see see some ladies standing up. Praise God. (laughs) Kathy, praise God. Just real quickly, we're going to ask you to shout out what branch? Brother James, what branch? Army Infantry, Ron Starr, I know. Brother Doug, Army. Yes, Katie? U.S. Army. Thank you, Katie. God bless. Praise God. Richard Duncan. U.S. Army, praise God. And, and Air Force here... And uh, somebody mentioned to me, are you going to mention the mothers who produced these soldiers? Come here, Debbie. Here is the mother of what branch is your son? My son's in the army. In the army. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We thank you for producing a soldier to defend our nation. So to all the mothers and all the fathers, all the wives, the husbands who have supported our veterans, God bless you. And let's take them all before the Lord in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Mm. And let me just say this, people at home on the Internet, would you just post the names of your soldiers, your sons, your your daughters, your husbands, whatever they may be, your name, post it on the Internet. Let us know who you are so we can honor you throughout this day, throughout the week. Heavenly Father, we lift up our veterans to you right now, dear God. They paid the price, dear God, so that America can be free. James, you know. Thank you, dear God. Take away those memories. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Help the gentlemen and the women with uh, PSD. Help them, dear God, to to forget those memories. Cleanse their mind. Give them a new vision, dear God, of you. Let them know, Lord, that you love them. That they're in the hollow of your hand, oh God. Give them a new way of thinking. We're told to have the mind of Christ. So, Lord, you said you'd give us a sound mind of power, not fear, not bad memories. So, Lord, just cleanse us of those memories from the past. Lord, we ask that you bless everybody who's here today. Strengthen us, dear God. Keep us safe, oh, Lord, from all hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, we look forward to a a bright future. Take the COVID away, dear God. Our eyes are upon you, Lord. To all the entertainment and all the other things that took us away from you. Our eyes are once again on you. We lift up our eyes into the hills from which cometh our help. For your word says our help cometh from you, Lord, you who made heaven and earth. Bless Pastor Roger, dear God, as he brings a message today, as he brings us some very interesting and worthwhile information that we need to know that's going to help bless us. Even more importantly, it's going to bless the kingdom. Strengthen him, dear God. Anoint him anew empower him with your Holy Spirit to bring forth this message today so that it will move men and women so that we will do what we need to do to be a good, strong, healthy body in the Christ, our Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that has come down from you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.
4: I sat down with a woman, soft and frame but strong with words. And here I am, a passionate dilettante, ready to solve her problems, stating my critiques and concerns for the at-risk and marginalized. Although her look cut through my rambling, it carried enough compassion not to condemn my naivete. Like most sages, she gave answers through questions. She asked, who is marginalized and who is at-risk? I mean, I felt a little disturbed and dismissed, but before I can answer in ignorance, she offered salvation by saying, I don't have riches and that would be good, but I have an abundance of knowledge and dignity. I'm indebted to the many people who have built in me the value of community. I don't have a fortune to leave behind and that would be good, but I will leave a legacy of service and excellence to those who follow. Then she pivoted by asking, You may happen to have a fortune and comfort, but who is it for? Does your fortune and power make you more charitable and loving? Next to your stack of resources, is there a stack of opportunities and flourishing for others? Or do you keep it locked away with the combinations secure from God? I don't have a combination, a safe, or let alone anything to keep protected. All I have is for God and his children. Be wise, young man, because where thy treasure is, so is thy heart. She said, So again, I ask, who is at the margins and who is at risk? Maybe we all are. Or maybe the better question is, who is centered and who is safe?
3: The woman in that video asked the young man, so maybe the better question is, who is at the margins and who is at the center? In other words, she suggests maybe we're all at the margins in some way or another. Maybe a better question is, who is centered and who is safe? God wants us to be centered in Him, and in centered in Him regardless of all the other circumstances that we have. We're safe in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our series this morning we're starting is called Generous play on words, we want to be generous people in everything that we do. Why do we need this series? We're going to look at ten principles of living a life that exhibits the generosity that God wants for us to have. And on your tables, uh, we've got these little cards that that says ten New Testament principles to inspire my generosity. If you're online, it'll be real simple. Uh, if you go to the U version, this will, this will be there. Uh, but it's, you can, you can make some notes. Uh, ten simple principles. We're gonna go through ten of these principles over this week and the next two weeks as we consider and talk about what is it, what is it, what does it mean to live a generous life, uh, as we follow Jesus Christ. As the title, Generous, suggests, we're asking the question, how can I live a generous life as a follower of Jesus, And we'll learn these ten principles. We need this series because we are followers of Jesus, learning to live as he teaches us. I remember uh, years ago I came across writings uh, of a Methodist missionary named E. Stanley Jones, and he has a book titled Abundant Living. And it's based on the scripture verse that Jesus gives to us, uh, he didn't come to steal life, but to give us life and to give life to us abundantly. And as followers of Jesus, we, we don't say, God, you, you forgive my sins so that I can experience when I die, I can experience eternal life. That's part of it, but it's not the whole of it. Jesus ge- equips us to live an abundant life here and now. Our new life in Christ begins Right here, in this real world. And we can expect to live that life in the here and now. We don't have to wait till we die to experience the salvation that God gives to us. He transforms our lives right now. And if we're not experiencing the transformation that Jesus brings into our lives by following Him, maybe we're not really disciples of Jesus. The word disciple literally means student. And we tend to think in our world, in our culture, that we're students only for a short period of time when we're young. But if you think that, you're failing to live a great part of the life that God has for you. We are students of life until we die. (laughs) And that's the only, I can only speak to that experience because that's the, I I haven't died yet. Some of us have, (laughs) and we're back to talk about it but but we are students for our entire life and i think most of us most of us uh, uh, who become of any age middle age even even young adulthood if we don't realize that we're constantly learning and every day is is an opportunity for us to learn we're really missing part of the abundant life that god has for us so we are students of somebody And because Jesus died on the cross to forgive all of us our sins, because God created us to live life with him. And that's why E. Stanley Jones had this title, Abundant Living, because he said that the way of God is the way of life. Any any life outside of God is leading to eternal death. And so God created life to be abundant and the way of God is the way to life. So Jesus not only forgives us our sins but he, and gives us hope of everlasting life. He has so much more for us to do here and now in our relationships with one another. One of those things that he has for us to do is Jesus commands us to go into all the world and teach people that God loves them and God desires a relationship because that is the way that God created us to live. In the book of Matthew, Matthew tells us, tells us what Jesus does in this way. He shows us how Jesus does that. And he says that Jesus traveled in all the regions around Galilee teaching them the good news, proclaiming the good news. He proclaimed, he announced, he preached good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus taught people how to live in the way of God. And Jesus healed all kinds of sickness. And disease. So Jesus models for us how we can influence the people around us to become followers of Jesus. He announced good news. He preached good news. That's our job. That's not just the preacher's job. That's the disciple's job. That's the follower of Jesus to proclaim good news because that's what Jesus did and he calls us to do the same. Jesus taught people how to live the way of God. And as the body of Christ, those of us who follow Jesus have the job of teaching others. We teach our children. We teach the people that we're with. We teach others. We call people to come and follow Jesus with me. And we are to teach them. And then Jesus equips us to be able to heal all kinds of sickness and disease wherever we are. That's not the job of the preacher. That's the job of the church. To go into the world and bring healing to wherever you are. You have the power of Christ to bring healing in your workplace. You have the power of Christ to bring healing into your family. You have the power of Christ to bring healing wherever you are. Do you believe that? Do you use that? Do you ask Jesus to bring healing? I'll be seeing some yeses coming up on on the posting uh, online. I hope so. I'm not looking at it right now, but I know that. I know that my Amen crowd is out there even, even online saying Amen. We know that the world today is in a chaotic moment. We're in a transition. And in chaos, we have a wide, we, the church, have a wide open door, a wide opportunity to do just as Jesus did. And that is to proclaim good news in the name of Jesus. We've got good news to say to this world here and now today. We have a wide open opportunity to teach teach people to follow the ways of God, the ways of Jesus Christ, to trust what Jesus teaches us, what God gives to us is the way of life. And we have a wide open opportunity to bring the healing power of Jesus Christ into this world. And we need to be doing that. And we need to be generous with the, with the good news. Generous with the teaching about God's kingdom. Generous with God's healing in every way. So Jesus teaches us to be generous in many ways. With our time with our talents, with our skills, with our financial resources, with our material possessions. That's why a couple of weeks ago we had, we had a, a, a yard sale that wasn't a sale at all. We invited you to give things to the church, and we gave them away. And, and Nikki and Chrissy helped organize that, and what a great experience that was. We blessed people because of that, right, Nikki? So good, absolutely. Thank you for that leadership that you gave to us. Many people in our communities are ready to hear the good news, to learn the ways of God and experience forgiveness and the healing power of Jesus. So at the end of these three weeks, you'll have an opportunity to make a commitment for the next year of how you plan to exercise your generosity. We sent out a mailing. Uh, if you're on our mailing list, you probably received it or you'll receive it in the upcoming days. It has a brochure in it. And, and an opportunity for you to fill out a card and make your commitment to how, for the next year, how you're going to be generous with what God has entrusted to you. And we ask you to mail those back to us. Uh, and if you're, if you're online, there's a way to, to get that commitment card online through our website. Go to ctcde.net. Look for the commitment card, my generous commitment. And you can fill that out anytime between now and the next three, two weeks. And uh, return that back to us. We will hold those. We will not open them. Those commitments. And the commitment online is you don't tell us what you're exactly committing to, but you're just telling us that you made an online commitment. You know what that commitment is, and we will pray for you throughout the next year that God will provide for you and help you be generous in the way. I encourage you to be generous. To 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 to. We're going to talk about the ways to do that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we're ready for these ten principles. This is how we want to, to, to inspire our own generosity. So let's turn to the t- first principle for inspiring our own generosity. And the first principle says that we will give God's will priority over money. We will give God's will priority over money. We want to consider the story of the rich young ruler from Matthew chapter 19, verses 26, verses 16 through 26. So let's let's read that. Matthew 19, Jesus was teaching and someone came up to Jesus with this question. He said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus replied, why are you asking me about what is good? He said, there is only one who is good. But Jesus Then Jesus answered his question. He says, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. The man asked, which ones? Jesus said, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Mm. That one hit me right now in this election time. A vote is a testimony of each one of us, and our votes must be true, and they must not be false. Uh, That just hit me. Lord, may we be counting the true testimonies of the people in our country. We trust you. We trust you, God, to, to make that happen. He said, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The man said, I obeyed all these commandments. What else must I do? It's interesting that he's already accomplished the things that Jesus says, but he's longing for something greater than that. In other words, just doing what the law tells us to do isn't enough. And it's something in our spirits that knows it. We're looking for something more. So Jesus he says, I've obeyed all these commands, but what else must I do? Because I don't have I don't have that hope, I don't have that assurance of eternal life yet. And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't ask to be perfect. Let me let me translate this word, word perfect for you. Let me replace it with the word mature. Let me place it replace it with the word complete. Let me replace it with the word whole. Why do I do that? Because I know that in the, in the Greek, in the original language behind this word, perfect is the understanding of those three words being mature, whole, and complete. Also, has, it, it, it insinuates and has the implication of being ripe. As a, as a banana gets ripe, it's perfect. As an apple gets ripe, it's perfect. As a pineapple gets ripe, it's perfect to our taste. But an apple and a banana and a, and a pineapple don't taste anything alike. And so is our own perfection that God has for each one of us. We want to be mature. We want to be ripe. We want to be complete. We want to be whole in the way that God created us to be. That is the way of life. And each one of us is different. And that perfection, that wholeness that God's going to bring to us is unique to each one of us. There will be many common things that we see in that, but it's unique to us. He says, if you want to be mature, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. Two things if you want to be mature. Turn over everything that you've got to my will. Turn over everything who you are to my will. And then come and follow This is a tough teaching. This is tough. This isn't easy. Because he says, turn over everything. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And his disciples were astounded. Then they they asked, who in the world can be saved? And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. This young man was longing for something greater than just doing everything right. He wanted to know, am I going to be saved? Am I going to live forever with God in heaven? And Jesus gave him an answer that he could not take. He walked away sad. He turned away from it. This this needle that he's talking, in the literal sense, it's referring to the the narrow opening in the gateway uh, that leads through the city walls in the ancient times. They called that a needle. And you can imagine a, a merchant or somebody, a caravan, coming with their camels all loaded up with all kinds of goods, trying to get through this. And sometimes the camel would have to get down on his knees and the camel would have to crawl through that needle in the gateway in order to get through and into the city so that the merchant could sell his wares and make his profit. But we it still fits today. We think of the eye of a needle being a, a sewing needle and trying to get the thread through that. You can imagine trying to get a camel going through there. That's <laughs> not going to work. It's a little bit more realistic to think of the realist, uh, image of putting a camel through, the, through a gateway. And Jesus says, those of us who are rich... We have a difficult time entering the kingdom of God because we've got to surrender everything. So our first principle is give God's will priority over the things you have. And Jesus is calling us to surrender our whole self to him. Everything who we are. It's a tough teaching. But it's principle number one in living a generous life. This is not mine, God. What you've given to me is not mine. I give it over to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says, and live righteously, and he will give you all you need. This is impossible for us to do without God. We must have God with us. The lay elders, the leaders of Christ the Cornerstone, are committed to placing God's will over the money and the resources that we have as a congregation. I'm so proud to be part of a, a, a group of leaders who that is their desire, and we hold each other accountable to doing that in our own lives and as a, as a leadership body and, therefore, also as a congregation. You've heard Pastor Paul uh, say many times that if God calls us to vacate this building and sell this building, that's what we need to do. It's not about the building. It's about the one we worship and the one we follow. Surrender everything. Give God's will priority over all we have. Let's take a moment and pray and ask God to help us do that. Will you pray with me? Lord, we ask you to help us surrender to your will and place it priority over our money. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Principle number two says, give sacrificially and not simply from a surplus. Consider, consider the widow giving her might. Imagine Jesus showing his disciples this woman. I want us to act this out. This comes from Mark, the book of Mark, chapter twelve, verse twenty. Uh, chapter twelve, verse forty-one through forty-four. I'm going to read it, and then I want, to, uh, I want to invite some of the kids who are here, maybe young people, or maybe I, don't know, I might call on some of you to to just give us give us some help to illustrate this. But let's read it. It's very short. Jesus sat down near the collection box. I don't know if we can get this on camera. Can we move the camera over this way slightly? I got a little collection box here this morning. We're going to have a little fun in just a minute. Jesus sat down by the collection box and and there were crowds dropping their money and many rich people put in very large amounts. And then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given me more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has to live on. Now, I need some helpers to come up here and help me. And I've got some coins in this bag. Nathan, you want to come help me for a minute? Kyle, I don't know if he's going to come. Hey, Kyle, you want to come help me for a bit? I need your help. Um, Alex, need your help. Come with, come with nephew. I think Kyle's your right. Okay, take one of those. Hold on to it. do not you guys stand right over here? Nathan, uh, you get two of them. Yeah. Go with go go with Alex. All right, I need some more people. Rick, James, <laughs> we're the, we're the rich people. I need a couple coins. You got you got coins, Diane. Okay, here's a couple coins. All right, you know what to do. Diane's going to be our poor little widow. You guys come kind of walk right up over here, James. Get your wallet out, James. <laughs> get your man purse. There you go. All right, you guys get two. Come on, no, no, this way, this way. Oh, all right, James. Thank you for coming. Up. We'll come on over this way. You're right. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be the rich people. Who are, who are making a show of the, the crowd. And, you know, it was important for the wealthy people. We're the we're the, we're the leaders of the community. And uh, we want everybody to know how important we are. And we want everybody to know that we're giving a lot of money. So when we pour our money in there, we got to make a show of it. And we got to say, look how great, look how wonderful I am. And we're going to pour our money in And I want everybody to hear it and say, man, we're going to pour it right in there. You hear it? Go pour, the, pour your coins in there. God, there you go. Make a lot of noise. Woohoo! Thank you. Aren't I aren't I wonderful? And uh, come on guys, just pour your pour your money right in there. Make a big show of it. Thank you, Alex. You can go back and sit down. And uh now, you guys out here are all the disciples and and I'm going to talk to you in just a minute. But but look at all these we're we're sitting around and we go ahead, Nathan, just dump it right in there. We're we're making all kinds of noise and uh we're putting the money in and James is very proud of of, of being able to give, you got it. You're doing good. You're good. Rick, Rick, yeah, he's going to act it up a little bit. Thank you. Very good. Thanks, Rick. And uh, whew, man, I'm so important. I'm giving it. And and then all of a sudden, Jesus was watching those people do that. And all of a sudden, something else happened. And uh, this little this little woman, everybody. And Jesus is looking there, watching it. And 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 watch what Jesus does.
4: Hey, hey disciples. do
3: you see all those people putting their money in? Watch watch this lady.
5: Look what she does. Look at that. Can you believe that?
3: I'm gonna make a point in just a minute. Look what she's doing. You got her. I mean she's she stinks. She's got nothing. Her hair's horrible. Nothing about your hair, Diane? Your hair's beautiful. <laughs> And then Jesus says, Did you see what just happened? I tell you that that woman has put in more than all the others have put in because she gave all she had. And Jesus said, They only gave out, they gave a tiny bit out of the vast amount that they had extra. But she. Gave everything she had. Their jaws dropped, right? Well, if that's what you want us to do, Jesus, who in the world? Because I know what my bills are. What are we supposed to do? I'd got some statistics. I was curious to see is this still a true principle today? That people who have little give more than those who have a lot? I came across an article. Uh, there's a, there, apparently, there's a guy called the Financial Samurai, and uh, I, I never heard of him before, but Sam Dojin or Sam Dogen or uh, I, I don't know his name, but he he did a study. And this is statistics that come out of the, the 2000, the year 2000, I don't know that's 20, that's 20 years old, but he updated his article for a year ago, and so he still stands by. this article, in which he says about people who earn less than $20,000 a year. Now, most of us in this room, most of us listening today, earn a lot more than just $20,000 a year. But he says about people who earn less than $20,000, he says, perhaps they don't pay much in taxes, but the poor do contribute a healthy amount to charity. The 2000 Social Capital Community Benchmark Survey, that was a long phrase, shows that households with incomes below $20,000 gave 4.6% to charity. And that is higher than any other income group. That's a powerful sentence. Those who earned less than $20,000 a year gave gave the highest percentage of their income to charity from any other group. He says that households earning between fifty thousand and a hundred thousand now I would put say I would guess that most of us who attend Christ the Cornerstone are in that category someplace. Some of us are beyond that. Households earning between fifty and hundred thousand dollars donate what was the first number I said? Four point six? For under twenty thousand? Families making between fifty and hundred thousand dollars donate 2.5% of their income to charity. And only above income levels of $100,000 does that percentage rise again. But remember the first statement, even those who who earn more than $100,000 still give less than 4.6%, which is the percentage given by households earning $20,000 or less. So what Jesus observed 2,000 years ago holds true even today. That those who earn little give more. I don't say that to shame us. I say that to encourage and challenge us to think about the ways that we use money to one, Put God's will, priority over our money. And two, to give sacrificially as this woman did, not out of the surplus that we know is expendable. We talk about expendable income in our world today. Jesus wants us to give sacrificially, not just out of the surplus that we know we can give. Now this convicts me as much as it ought to convict everyone else. Because I remember when Carolyn and I moved to Kentucky to begin my master's degree many years ago. Ryan, our first son, was born while we were there. And I looked at our finances knowing that I wanted to give 10% of the income that we had to the church that we were attending at the time. And I couldn't make the math work. And I didn't. And I, and, I, and I say this often, probably at least every year when I talk, when we give these messages. That I'm sorry, God, that I didn't have faith enough to trust you. That if I had committed to give the 10%, that is the benchmark, I think, for us to give to God. I didn't have the faith to do that. I bargained God down to 5%. <laughs> wasn't much of a bargain. You know, God lets us do what we determine to do. And God also allows us to face the consequences of the things that we choose to do. And I think that because I couldn't bring myself to give the 10% and trust God to provide the extra money for the diapers and for the food and for the, for the daycare that we were paying for Ryan because I was going to school and Carolyn had to earn money. We needed daycare to pay somebody else. I missed out on some blessings that God would have otherwise given to me. Now, God has blessed me richly. And God has been kind to me, even though that's the decision that I made back then. But as my income increased and I, and, I, and I grew... I was able to to say, OK, God, now I can give you 10 percent. But there, there even as a pastor, there have been times when I when I knew that I couldn't afford the 10 percent, but I got it right. And I said, God, I need to give you this 10 percent. Now, the New Testament teaches us, we'll get to this later. I don't want you to feel compelled or, or, or pressed to give 10 percent. The New Testament teaches us each one of us must decide for ourselves how much to give. And that's the only caveat that I give to myself back then. That I was, I was deciding for myself how much to give. But still, there's a voice in me that says, Had I chosen to give God 10% back then, God still would have provided. But I didn't have the faith to do it. And God, God still would have provided. I had people around me telling me that, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. But I hope you can. (laughs) And now I'm at a point where I do, Carolyn and I do give 10% plus more than that and plus more than that than what God. And God is generous and blessing us and providing well for my family. We still have to make choices with our budget. We still have to do without some things. But Jesus asks us to give sacrificially, not just out of what we know, we can give. So I challenge you, give more than what you know you can give. Give more than what your brain says you can give, and God will bless you. Let's pray and ask God to help us with that one. Lord, we ask you to give us trust and hope enough in you so that we can give sacrificially and not just out of the surplus that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the third principle that we give that we have is to give to support those who proclaim the kingdom of God. Give to support those who proclaim the kingdom of God. Give to things that do what Jesus tells us as his followers to do. And one of those things is proclaim the kingdom of God. Joanna, we'll go to Luke chapter 8 to find an example for those who who gave to Jesus' ministry in the New Testament. Joanna, a disciple of Jesus, supported Jesus. Uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, it says, "...Soon after Jesus began a tour of nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God, He took His twelve disciples with Him, and along along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases." And among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager. Whose business manager? Herod. Who was Herod? Herod was the king. And Herod's business manager undoubtedly was a wealthy and powerful man. He was trusted by Herod to manage Herod's business. And Joanna, his wife, was a follower of Jesus. You think she had some resources? Do you think she had access to some money? Let's keep reading. Joanna, the wife of Chusa Herod's business manager, and another woman, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples give to those who proclaim the kingdom of God and we consider this woman and what she's doing we'll continue with the other with the other principles next week you can hold on to that card or you can fill out another card next week or we'll we'll carry on with these things but let's I have some questions and as we consider what to do and, and how to do it Here's some questions. What am I going to do to give God's will priority over my money? What am I going to do? What can I do this week? Can I ask God the question, I get my paycheck, God, how do you want me to use this money? Second question is, what sacrifice can I make? Am I making sacrifices or is it very easy for me to give what I give? And, and maybe you're doing that with, with, with your money, fine, but how about your time or your possessions or your finances? Maybe I'm selfish of the the, 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 the swimming pool that I've got, and instead of blessing others with a swim, others who don't have a swimming pool, I'm very cautious of how my swimming pool gets used, and nobody uses it. But maybe there are some people that we can gather together, not during COVID. <laughs> Am I sacrificing, am I sacrificial in the way that I'm giving? And the third question is, have I been contributing to those who proclaim the kingdom of God, or am I just giving my money to whomever? So we ask the question, God, how do you want me to spend my money? Some of the next steps that we have might be uh, uh, turning to God, praying these prayers. And you can can fill out, uh, I'd be glad to know, you know, write it down on the card, the Connect card or, or uh, fill out a Connect card online and tell me what God's doing in your life. I'd be glad to share that and have conversation with you about that. You can pray. You can ask us to pray for you by sending a text or uh, using the Connect card to, ask, you to uh, ask us to pray for you. As we continue worshiping God this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we thank you for loving us, for giving yourself to us, for teaching us how to live the way that is your life. God, we know that you you give us many things to do, and we don't often do it. We think, oh, we don't have to do that. But, Father, you have a way for us to live, so help us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a beautiful opportunity this morning to celebrate the sacrament of of baptism, and we have Aaron, who's going to bring his mom and dad up here with me. And, and if you've invited others to join you, I invite the other family members to come and stand here if you want to at the uh, at the railing. I'm going to switch my microphone, put my mask on. Thank you, guys. Got the ladies here with the ladies here with the warm water. <laughs> my wife is. Making sure very carefully. That feels good. That'll be great. That water in here beautiful. That's fabulous. Get some more. Ah, oh, perfect. It's going to be a point in this, uh, this part of our service where I'm going to ask you, the congregation, to respond to, to, uh, to a question or to, uh, a statement. It's going to be on the screen and I invite you to join together in, in doing that. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? He's like, what are you going to do to me? So we've got Ariel Burt Green and Shaquan Burt Green and Aaron with us today as, as we're baptizing Aaron. Uh, Here comes little brother Kyle. Look, Kyle, look what I got. Want to touch it? It's warm, right? Mm -hmm. Does it feel good? Yeah. Yeah, it does feel good. All right, that's for Aaron. So we're gonna we're gonna get Aaron wet in a few minutes. Brothers and sisters in Christ, baptism is a sacred moment in which God, our Creator, and His people meet together to share God's grace and love. With water, baptism celebrates God's cleansing of our sin. It is a sign of God creating and sustaining new life through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior, our leader. The baptism of children marks a child as a participant in God's greater family, which desires and works to raise a child to become a faithful follower of Jesus, We know that Aaron isn't making this decision today. He's doing what mom and dad decide. But he doesn't decide what food he eats either. But mom and dad are sure to give him food and nourish his body. So they're here today to nourish Aaron's soul and him being part of the family practices of learning what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Therefore, on behalf of the church, I ask you, Aaron, uh, Ariel... <laughs> And Shaquan, to answer these questions, do you reject all that is evil? Do you repent of your own sin? Do you accept the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression? If so, answer, I do. And do you confess Jesus as your Savior, trust fully in His grace, and promise to follow Him as your Lord of your life? If so, answer, I do. And will you nurture Aaron in Christ's holy church so that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly and lead a life as a follower of Jesus? If so, answer, I will. I will. Yay. Let's pray together. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and you brought forth life. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. And when you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. So we pray for you to pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to cleanse them of their sin and clothe them in righteousness. Throughout their lives, so that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in final victory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna set my paper down. We're gonna, we're gonna have some fun. You know what, Mom? I'm just gonna ask you to set, why don't you set Aaron in the water? We've never done this this way before. It's kind of fun. I'm gonna put him right in the, right in the tub. Sit down there, and I'm going to invite the family along with me to grab some water and sprinkle sprinkle it over Aaron's head as we baptize. How are you doing, there, Aaron, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mom and Dad, I want you to lay your hands on mine, and we can keep your hand on Aaron. <laughs> and let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for Aaron. We thank you for his life. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit is with him every day, that he may become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Hey, you still want to splash him some more?
5: Woo no no no.
3: Little shock, a little shock there. <laughs> Here's to the congregation. As Aaron is part of this family, this family is part of the body of Christ part of the family of God. So I ask you, as members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care, and I ask you this question. Will you do everything in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love? Hear that word, perfect, mature. If so, will you answer with this response? With God's power and grace, we reaffirm both our rejection of sin and our commitment to follow Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We will follow the example of Christ so that this child, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. Amen. Yay. God bless you. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless, preserve, and keep all of you. Now and forever. amen.
5: Woo. That
3: was fun. Chiquan, <laughs> I'll give you this certificate. you guys you guys may be seated. She wants a towel. Oh geez, Every, you want everything. There we go. Hey everybody. How's that? This is your church family. <laughs> Alrighty. God bless. Let me invite you to stand together as we continue worshiping and, and, uh, if, if you are, would like to come here and, and kneel at the platform area for prayer, we'd be glad to pray with you. Remember the questions that we ask and the generosity, the task that Jesus has for us to do. Give ourselves fully to God. It's a beautiful day. Let's pray. Let's sing together as we close our service.
1: presence of the Lord in the house today he says in his presence is fullness of joy brothers and sisters as we go out and leave these doors today out into the world again be safe and may this wonderful spirit that we all feel right now let's carry it out into the world they need it brothers and sisters they need a touch of God don't you agree? amen they need what we have right here And maybe when they feel that in our presence, they might say, maybe I need to follow you where you go so I can get some of that too. I need that peace. I need that comfort. And I feel that when I'm in your presence, we want to be that beacon of light that Christ said we should be and would be. We want to thank Pastor Roger for a wonderful word today. And uh, I think we can all examine our hearts and ask ourselves, are we giving sacrificially? Are we giving out of need or greed? You know we need to do the things for the kingdom of God that only we can do. That's why God blesses us. I love what uh, one of our favorite preachers, John Hagee, says. He said, "God has no problem getting blessings to us. The problem is getting the blessings through us." So let's be willing conduits of what God has blessed us with. If he's just going to bless you more. You can't outgive God. Amen. That's been my experience. So as we go out today, have a blessed Sunday. Uh, just enjoy yourself. Once again, be saved. And tell somebody about the good news about Jesus. That he loves you. That you love them. That will surprise them. You don't hear that much these days. If there's anybody here who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, please just stop and talk to one of the elders, one of the ministry teams. We all would just love to tell you the good news of the kingdom and that Jesus has been waiting for you. Amen. So go out, have a blessed day. Hope to see you next week. God bless. You at home too. God bless. I can't
6: you now.